This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Hello and welcome to the Covert Nerd Podcast. Thank you for listening. It means a lot to me that you take the time out of your day to hear what I have to say. Today's another great episode. If you're looking to start something, not just a podcast, like my guest Dave Jackson has done for the last 15 plus years, any project. I think all the the philosophy and tips that he gives, that we give, apply to anything. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get some inspiration. And remember, go to covertnerd.net for all the different ways you can reach out to me via email, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. You can find past episodes there, all the contact information for today's episode. So without further ado, let's dive right in and nerd it up with Dave. I have Dave Jackson here with the School of Podcasting, and he is definitely one of the the reasons I got into podcasting, because when I started thinking about it, I searched for a podcast about podcasting, and Dave was one of them, and I just stuck with him, and so I wanted to get him on the podcast, because he is a Hall of Famer, and I think he can provide some insights, not only to podcasting, but just expressing what you really love in audio format. So thanks for being on the show, Dave. Oh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. Yeah. So let's just dive right in like I do on most episodes and get into the the meat and taters, as they call it, and start with a question about, are there some things maybe that you did as a kid that later on as an adult, you got back to later in life, like baseball cards or comic <laughs> books or something like that? Yeah, probably the one that I just never gave up on was the guitar. When I uh, I was born left-handed which is kind of a pain in the butt if you're not, if you just for those who are not, because you can't find any scissors, you can't find a baseball mitt. And I was trying to play the guitar. And I remember when I was five, because my brother played, my brother is seven years older than I am. And my fingers were too small, but I would bang around on this little plastic piece of crap, you know, and that really didn't work. But then later when I really wanted to try to learn, it was trying almost like trying to learn guitar in a mirror because everything was backwards and i remember my brother because he's my brother was trying to help me out and he actually strung the guitar strings kind of upside down so that it kind of looked like it did in the book but it really didn't work and so eventually i just woke up the one day and said i, I can't find any scissors i can't find a baseball mitt this this whole left-handed thing is for the birds and i just quit i just said from this from this day forward i dubbed me right-handed which is great because later when i picked the guitar back up when i was about in i don't know fourth fifth grade something like that the hand you're really using when you're quote right-handed is your left hand on the guitar so i think that's one of the reasons why i was a pretty good uh guitar player but in in terms of collectibles uh probably the weirdest one i used to collect banks i don't know why banks. Have, like like, like uh like uh piggy coin banks, banks. Piggy banks. Yeah. okay cool yeah, which i guess is like the sign of an entrepreneur when you think about it uh i had um the movie king kong had come out dino de Laurentiis, i think was the the guy so i had a bunch of king kong cards and rocky cards which i still have somewhere in a box somewhere but uh uh and then uh you'd mentioned star wars and stuff uh when star wars came out i believe i was 12 or 13 
And I saw that movie, if I remember right, 11 times, which is weird because I think that's what you do because there's nothing else to do. Like you're 12 and it's like, well, I guess we could we could walk to the store or something or ride our bikes or whatever. Because now if somebody's like, if I like a movie, I never even think of like, you know what I'm going to do for the next week and a half? I'm going to go see that movie again. Yeah. <laughs> again. Well, it, it came out in the summertime. So, yeah, yeah. was what was tell us a little bit about what was the hype like? Because you lived through it. Did it just. Did your friends say, hey, there's this cool movie and they've got these laser swords and this is awesome. I think that was I think it was somebody just the fact that the it, which is funny because you look at them now and you're like, wait, what is just the special effects were like, wow, you know, that's amazing. And so I just remember going the whole like my mom and my brothers and sisters went and it just it's such a. a you know, spoiler alert, the good guys kind of win at the end there. And, and uh, you just have this great feeling and everybody was cheering and the music and it just was such a great thing that the minute you got home, you're like, it was like a ride at an amusement park. Like, can we go ride it again? You know? And so you did, and you get down to the movie and you were like, and you'd see maybe a few little things or you'd start to memorize lines. And just by the end of it, you would do it again and again and again and again, that in uh I remember at the time, I feel so old when I say this, but cable, cable TV was new and my cousin had it. And I hung out at my cousin's house, uh, who also probably was in some of those times when we saw Star Wars. And I remember for whatever reason, Grease was running, the movie Grease with John Travolta was running almost nonstop. It's like the only movie they had. And so I can recite that movie uh, per nauseum as well. But I can't think of the, besides like the Sixth Sense, because if you've ever seen that movie, you have to see it again, uh, and I won't. I won't explain why, but you got to watch that one twice. I can't remember the last movie I've watched twice that was like fairly, you know, new. I think I'm always looking for the next one. It's like, oh, worried. It's that that fear of missing out. Like I could watch this one again, but that means I'm not going to have time to watch this other thing, and this could be just in. Yeah, so you keep going oh, on. Oh man, and- I'm the same way. I can't. I have a difficult time reading the same book twice. I just movies, maybe not so much because it's only a a two hour commitment, but right. But uh, yeah, I I totally hear what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. So what, well, what are your, speaking of books, I guess, what are some of your favorite books of all time? So what's your Mount Rushmore, I guess, for the cliche of books of any, any genre? Yeah. The nonfiction stuff would be platform by Michael Hyatt, where he just talks about how to make like just wow content. And for probably the last four or five years, that's a January book for me. It's almost like when you hear a a football coach or somebody go, we're going to go back to the basics and learn how to tackle and blah, blah, blah. That's one where I just kind of go, oh yeah, you know what? In the end, it's about making content that's so good. Your audience is dying to share it. Uh, the other one, and I think this is only a year or two old, is Will It Fly by Pat Flynn. That is a great book that just so many people kind of uh, – I, I did a, a stupid thing once. This was back when you had CD-ROM, like tutorials would come on CD-ROM, and I was looking for a job. So I made this the CD-ROM, and you would put it in, and it would come out, and you'd meet Dave Jackson, and music would start, and this little presentation would go, and at the end it would do a quiz. And it's like, you know, the next step you should do is A – call and schedule a thing with Dave Jackson, B, call and schedule a thing with Dave Jackson or C, you know, and everybody that saw this, like that is so creative and so different. And so outside the box, you should sell those. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. So I, I went and bought a domain name and I knew how to make websites and 
put it on sale, and then I did my market research. Now, that's for those of you at home, that's a little backwards. You usually do the market research first, then you build a product. And so after I'd gone through, you know, the weeks of putting things up and getting graphics, I found out that not only were there other people making what I was calling a digital resume, but they were doing it much better and much cheaper. And I was like, oh, maybe I should have done a little research first. So Will It Fly is a great example of... Uh, what What year was that? What what year did oh, you do uh, that? I'm just curious. Mm, early nineties. Probably. It's it's like I'm trying to think of when front page was was big and popular. So I guess that was ninety five, ninety four. Yeah. Yeah. Some, maybe some, somewhere around at the there. most. Yeah. Wow. So I that's when that was. I'm trying to think it because I remember I was working at a, a company. I can't remember when I was there, but uh yeah, that was one that I was like, oh yeah. And next time maybe do a little research first. And I see that now all the time with with podcasters where they'll, you know, my favorite is there's uh if you go into Apple and search for the podcast labeled outside the box, there are six of them, which I find somewhat ironic that, you know, you're 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 thinking so much outside of the box that you named the show that five other people already did. And I was That's like, oh, awesome. what are you going to do? Well, there you uh, go. Those are, yeah. Those are probably some of my, my favorites. Uh, and then anything by Dave Barry. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, Dave Barry had a column in the parade magazine. And so the Sunday paper would come and my dad would grab this and my sister would grab the comics and I would grab the parade magazine. And Dave Barry is just for lack of a better phrase, he's just a smart aleck. And, uh, I, I, for some reason he just made me giggle and laugh. And, uh, I actually have, uh, I'm working with his people. I'm, I'm like, you need a podcast, Dave Barry. Oh, really? But he's, yeah, he's kind of retired. He's kind of like, eh, you know, and I'm like, oh, dude, come on. Just yeah. read your old uh, stuff. But uh, we'll see. But uh, so that was, that was between Dave Barry, anybody that was funny named Dave, apparently Dave Barry. And then later Dave uh, Letterman were two guys that I just, that I just found were, were wacky thinking outside the box, kind of creative and, uh, and super sarcastic. So. Oh. Truly thinking outside the box, not like those six other oh, podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. When <laughs> when Letterman was, you know, dumping watermelons off the ceiling and he did one thing, it was the um, uh, suit of Velcro. So oh, he had yeah. this entire suit made of Velcro and he ran and just jumped onto a wall yes. and got stuck. It was now just they, like... Now they have those that you can go to, you know, amusement parks or whatever, and they have those walls that you can stick yeah. to. I wonder if they <laughs> stole that from him, I guess. Probably. I know he had the suit of seltzer, which was this suit of Alka-Seltzer. He got That's awesome. this giant thing. So weird. That's awesome. I uh, love that. Well, speaking of, I guess, things from the childhood, what, what are two things that you learned as a child, maybe from your mom, your dad, your grandma, that you currently use in your podcasting career today? Yeah, probably one is my my grandpa. Uh, a weird story is I got a job through my school, my high school. And I ended up working at a grocery store and I was telling my grandpa how I, um, you know, here's where I'm working. And he said, is that because it was called May Brothers? And he goes, is that okay. Stan May? And I go, yeah, that's the owner. He goes, he's an old friend of mine because my my uh, grandpa was a Wonder Bread delivery guy. So he, oh, would, okay. he knew all the, the grocery store people. Yeah. And it was kind of interesting because my grandpa kind of took me aside in this kind of uh, for those of you that remember Walton's Mountain kind of moment, you know, yep. let me let me tell you about life, son. And yep. he goes, look, and he and he actually said, come on now. He goes, first things first, you're a Jackson. And I was like, 
looking back, I'm like, really? You're a Jackson? He goes, you're a Jackson. And he goes, and when you go home, I want you to go home tired. And he goes, and you, you give everything you can to big success and blah, blah, blah. And I, and like, and don't let me down there. And I was like, so every time they'd be like, Dave, we need to get it carts. I was like sprinting to the, <laughs> to the, to the thing. Uh, so that's one. And then the other one, uh, my mom was just hilarious. Uh, just to, again, another, we could just have pun offs forever. My mom trying to make each other just stupid, you know, stuff. And uh, I remember the one time I, we were just sitting there and I was all of probably, I don't know, 22, you know, and I'm feeling all grown up. And I, I kind of asked her like, like, what was your philosophy on, uh, you know, raising? Cause I think I turned out pretty good, mom. What was the thing? And she just said, I usually kind of let you do whatever you wanted to do as long as it wasn't going to kill you. She then said, uh, and you know, anytime things are, are kind of weird, she goes, if there's something in life where, there's a shadow, shall we say? She said, I've always just had the attitude of where there's a shadow, there's a light because you have to have the light to make the shadow. Oh, and she goes, yeah. and she goes, I just prefer to look at the light. And I was like, I'm writing that down. That's wow. a good one. Mom. I like that. So, so anytime something happens and you're like, you know, the last time I, my background's in teaching the bad news about being a teacher in, in the corporate world, I taught a lot of Microsoft office and things like that, but every seven years they would get a bunch of sales guys that couldn't sell training for whatever reason. And instead of, I don't know, downsizing the sales guys, they would downsize the training department. And so the, the last time that happened, I was like, okay, what does this enable me to do? And I was like, well, I've, I've always wanted to, you know, have a job in podcasting. I like this podcasting thing. And made a couple phone calls. The next thing you know, I got a job in podcasting. So I was like, uh, when I was married, there were uh, many a curveball for uh, me and my ex-wife. And anytime something would come up, we were like, well, this is going to be a fun adventure. You know, it was just like, all right, let's see where this is going to take us, you know. And so I, I think that's kind of the attitude you kind of just have to have. Because to, to quote the immortal David Lee Roth, uh, you know, don't let it get to your head because, you know, life's a pain anyway. So just, you know, <laughs> roll with the punches. You know a lot of Daves. I do. That's if you're Dave, it's it's you know what's the whole secret thing? Like attracts life. Apparently, yeah. Dave attracts Dave. So <laughs> that's awesome. I guess that kind of segues into this. Then, are there um, trials and tribulations maybe that you've gone through that helped in your you know building your career over the last you know say twenty years or so? You talked about I, I you know part- being married and stuff like that. It- yeah, I, I think the one, my very first job. So before I got hired at May Brothers Supermarket, I was hired at Darrow's Foods, so another grocery store through my school. But when I was like 16, really even before that, I was painfully shy. Just oh. just like in, I put the in an introvert. And, really? Uh, yeah, so I got hired at this grocery store, and I was, you know, I could throw groceries in a bag and the whole nine yards and get carts, but they actually fired me after two weeks, I think it was, and the reason was I was too shy. He's like, you need to talk to the customers and, you know, blah, 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 and I was like, well, I'm just kind of, you know, and so the teacher that got me the job pulled me in, and he's like, you know, I heard what happened, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I thought I was doing okay, and he's like, yeah, they said you're too shy, and I said, well, you know, I, I talked to some people, you know, blah, 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 he goes, he goes, yeah, I know, he goes, but you're, you're kind of, I see you in class, you're, you're a shy kid, and he goes, here's what I want you to do, and I'm like, okay, 
at first he says, I want you to be like your friend, Scott. Well, my buddy, Scott, who's still my best friend, is like David Lee Roth. He's just outgoing, man. Who, woo, what's going on, people? You know, and life I, of the party. So was, yeah. So it's kind of like, hey, Dave, can you grow a third arm? You know, it's like, mm, I don't know if I can be like my buddy, Scott. But he and I said, yeah, you know, I don't know if that's possible. I can try. And he goes, OK, here's what I want you to do. He goes, I want you to act the way you want to be. He goes, and then someday you'll be the way you act, which we now affectionately refer to as fake it till you make it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just pretend I'm outgoing. And so I started to, and because I think my mom's sense of humor kind of rubbed off on me, I could kind of make people giggle and laugh and things like that. So that always kind of felt good. And then about that time I took a speech class and that was one where, again, it was kind of fun because they're like, you need to do a talk on this. And I'm like, but what's the topic? Pick whatever you want. You have three minutes. It has to be a how-to thing or whatever it was. And so I wrote them purposely to be funny and entertaining. And so I would get up and people like, oh, cool. Jackson's up. This is going to be great. Because I was just having a blast making people laugh. And that really kind of started to get me out of my shell. I'm still at heart. I, I can still be extremely shy. Uh, when I was married... I would go to my ex-wife's like Christmas party. And so there it's, she was a nurse. So all these nurses and doctors, and they are all talking language that I have no idea what they're talking about. And I would just, you know, be very quiet. And all of a sudden my, my ex-wife will look over and she goes, Oh no. And I'm like, what? And she goes, shy Dave is here. She's like, come on, you, you <laughs> oh, can no. do it. Come with me, come to the light. You can do this. Oh, and I was just man. like, and I still run into that at, at podcast events. I've been at different places where I, I know so many people now in podcasting, but if I go into a room and just for whatever reason, there's nobody that I know, it, it, I have to kind of grab me and go like, Oh, I, I remember once <laughs> I was at an event and it was a teacher's or teacher. It was a speaker's like dinner. So it was just the speakers. Well, I go there to find clients who's yeah. who needs to start a podcast more than another speaker. And yeah. I was just sitting there and I looked at kind of like stepped out of myself and I'd gotten as far away from the crowd as you could be. I was sitting there eating my dinner alone on a like a, you know, outdoor chair. We're outside. And I just looked up and I'm like, what are you doing? Why, why did you come here? You came here to get clients. Okay, where are your clients? Well, they're all standing over there. And I just had to tell myself, oh, I'm like, okay, see that girl right there? Yep. Okay. Can you walk up to her and say, so what brings you to the event? And I'm thinking, yep, I can do that. That's all you have to do. Walk to her and say, so what brings you to the event? So I was like, okay, here we go. And it, it, the whole time, I'm, there's a part of my brain that's like, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to do it. No. So I finally, you know, I just walked over. And I'm like, so what brings you to the event? And we started talking and, you know, it was like Boom. no big deal. But uh, I'm still, still at times the, the introvert. It's kind of weird. And then once you get me talking, I, I won't shut up. So it's, that's the fun thing. That's interesting. We have a, a pastor the church we go to, he said that he is comfortable on stage talking, but get him in a group of three or four people that he doesn't know. And he's like, I, I can't, it's, it's hard. Uh, you're probably the same way. You get behind the microphone, you're fine. Get me behind a microphone, get me on a stage, good to go. Get me in a group of four people. And what's fun is when I, when I do talks, I mean, I, I taught, I, that's what I did every day. I would go in and talk to a group of about 20 people and it's, it's not the number of people. I don't know why, but it's kind of fun because about four minutes before I talk, 
all the blood leaves my hands. My hands are ice cold. And I would just, all of a sudden I'd be like, I'll just rub in my hands and I'll look at my watch. I'm like, oh, that's why it's four minutes till I go on stage. But the, but the minute I'm on stage, we're good to go. And part of it is I, I rehearse per nauseum when I do any kind of presentation. I usually have slides or things like that, but I, I really, really prepare because there's somebody in that audience that hasn't seen me talk yet. And I want them to go, that guy was like, have more of him next year. So I'm always going about that. So I want it to be like, mm, but I also know that there's going to be something that my mouth just doesn't work. And so what I love is I'll be on like, I'll do something, yada, yada, yada. And all of a sudden I'll, I'll, especially my brain, I'll go on a tangent. I'll throw something in. I'm going to call an audible in the middle of my presentation and I will do that. And sometimes that works. And there are other times it was like, yeah, that didn't land where I thought it was going to. And, in, and, and as I'm talking, my brain goes, okay, where it's not perfect. We can forget about being perfect. Just have fun with this and talk. So it's like, I remember once I got to be on TV and which was really weird because they, they, they're like, your segment is four minutes. We're going to ask you three questions make sure it's in under four minutes and I'm wow. driving to Cleveland to, uh, to do this. And I'm practicing my answers over and over and over, trying to make sure that it, it doesn't sound like I have reversed, rehearsed my answer <laughs> so much, but yet trying to, to get there. And I think I said, I was supposed to talk about books. I think for whatever reason, I was going to use the word books. And I said, magazine, my brain just decided to let's throw in magazine instead. And I said, magazines I said, or books, or newspapers, media print. And again, my brain goes, okay, it's not perfect. You can relax now and let's just keep growing. So it's always kind of fun when you, it, there's so much going on in your brain when you're either doing a podcast or an interview. Like right now, yeah. you're sitting here trying to remember like, what's the next question? While you're still <laughs> listening to me, I'm sitting here going, Dave, you haven't let this guy say a word in about three minutes. You need to shut up. You know, there's so many things going on in your brain while you talk. So it's always fun when you uh, when you're on stage or doing a podcast or whatever. I think you kind of get into the zone when you're in a comfortable spot and you just kind of shut out everything else. But getting in a situation, like you said, with a group of people you don't even know, it's really foreign to you. You've trained yourself for like in your case for what, 20, 30 years of being in front of people and talking. Yeah. It's, and it's always, you never know. A lot of it depends on who your audience is. I remember I taught, uh, I did a session at the military influencer conference and I expected to walk into a room of military dudes with short hair and big shoulders. And, you know, and I walked in and it was all their wives. It was like the audience was easily 80% female. One of the things I do is when I do a presentation, I get there early and when people come in and sit down, first of all, I always thank them. Hey, there are a lot of sessions you could be at. Thanks for sticking around for yeah. me. Is there anything in particular you're looking to learn? Because rule number one is who the heck am I talking to? And that's where I found out that military wives kind of get a bum deal many times because they get a job because they have a degree or whatever. They get a job. And two years into their job, as they're slowly climbing the the corporate ladder, you know, uh, the love of their life get transferred to, you know, yep. wherever and okay, we're back to square one. And so they all kind of figured out, Hey, if I can get a job that whether it's consulting or whatever, cause I've got all this experience now, you know, I've, I've got 10 years in whatever the, the industry is. It's just, it's two years here, two years there, two years here. And they're like, if I could do, you know, this online, I can move where I want. And now I don't lose my seniority. So that was, uh, 
that was always kind of fun. But I just, it's one of those where you expect an audience to be one thing and you walk in, you're like, huh, all right, what's the deal here? Yeah. So it's, it's always, always keeps you on your toes. Shift gears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to segue back to what you said about the speech, picking a speech topic when you were mm-hmm. a kid. When it comes to podcasting, what do you think about the subject? Do you need to find a topic that people are interested in, or do you need to find a topic that you're interested in? Would you? What, what do you think? Hands down, you have to love the topic. And the reason why is I'm doing one right now. I've always wanted to do a local podcast because I, I – looking at it on paper, like, oh, this would be great, hyper niche, and I could interview the local businesses, and then it's got to be easy to get advertisers because Luigi's Pizza, all these hyper Akron stuff. And I started it, well, first of all, I started it, and then COVID hit. So that was, that that made things, well, so much for interview, yeah. That's the name of 2020, I started it, and then COVID. (laughs) But the other thing was it dawned on me, I could care less about it. I mean, I love my where I live. It's a great yeah. town and all, but I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to, I, I want to dig into the history and I want to, you know, meet the mayor. And I'm like, no, not really. You know, it's just one of those where it's like, eh, you know, so, and I've tried, um, I did a podcast about customer service once. And because that was my background before I was a, a instructor, I started off in customer service and I would actually go around. It was still teaching. I was teaching people how to run copy machines, but my, my official term was customer service rep. And so I decided I was going to do a show on customer service and you, you have these delusions of grandeur and I'm like, I'm going to start this podcast. People are going to hear it. They're going to want to hire me. I'm going to go out and do presentations on customer service. And I will be just, I will be the podcast, you know, guru when it comes to customer service. And I did about, I think six episodes of that. And I just sounded like a grumpy old man. I was just like, I went into this place today and they didn't even greet me when I walked in. And then, you know, it's like, and I was just like, eh. it was like, that's a case where it was my job, but it wasn't my passion. And after a while I was like, yeah, you know, and nobody, nobody really wants to hear complaining all the time. You know, no, but... it's, <laughs> I will occasionally take those episodes. If I want to test like a, a new media host or something, I'm like, Hey, let's resurrect this old show from, <laughs> you know, 2007. But yeah, you, the the passion, you you need that because when you first start out, if you think about anything you ever do, tying your shoes, shooting a basketball, whatever it is, it always takes more time the first time you do it. So you've just spent six hours working on a 20-minute podcast and you finally get the nerve and you publish it out there and it's out and oh my gosh, I'm in Apple and I'm in Google and all this other stuff. And then you go to your stats and you're like, wow, I have 14 downloads. And you're like, it took me six hours to get, four. I mean, the, 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 uh, the Akron podcast right now, I think has 21 downloads and it's like a per episode, you know? So I'm like, but that's a classroom of people. That's where my teaching comes into play. I'm like, that's a classroom of people that could be listening to, you know, AM, FM, satellite radio, uh, HBO, Apple plus Disney plus, you know, Netflix, you know, and they chose to listen to you. But if you don't have that passion to talk about it because that's what you want to talk about, and I'll talk about it to nobody for free, you know, or in some cases it, it costs you 20 bucks a month to talk about it. Exactly. Uh, you're not going to, you're, you're not going to last. I, I took a uh, Toastmasters for several years and that's one of the things we talked about was when you're picking a speech topic, don't pick something you think your audience will love, pick something that you love because your audience will hear 
your excitement about what you're talking about. I totally agree with that, that that's the mindset you need to have. And as a confidence booster, you know, you're doing a speech in front of people and very few other people can do that. So you're doing something that very few people out there can do. So that should give you some confidence that you're doing something 90% of the population or whatever that number is, doesn't want or is too afraid to do. And I think podcasting is the same way, getting in front of the mic and hitting that publish button, like you said, is is not always easy sometimes. So you're doing something pretty unique. Yeah. And the I saw this in a Facebook group. Somebody said, what's the I forget how they phrased it, but it was kind of like, what's the topic that's the easiest to monetize? So in other words, they were looking to make money yeah. quickly. Yep. And I was just like, wow, that is so the wrong way to go about it. Cause it is. step one of making, if, if you want to make money with a podcast and you don't have to, but if you do step one is grow your audience. And then you take that audience and try to monetize it. And they're like, well, step one is monetize. And I'm like, monetize yeah. what? You don't have an audience yet. Yes, exactly. So, so when I hear that attitude, I was like, well, you know, I don't want to be the person that's going to, you know, poo-poo the idea, but um, that's probably not going to work. At least no. it doesn't for 99.9% of people. And you can, you can smell that because when I, again, when I was searching for podcasts about podcasting, I found lots of shows that it was just basically one big advertisement for their, you know, pay me $200 and I'll get you in the top five in, in your category yeah, yeah. or whatever. And that's why Dave, I really appreciate you. I didn't get that sleazy, slimy feel that I need a chemical shower after I listen to this guy's podcast. Cause it's just trying to sell me something. Yeah. I had a, a client the other night, uh, was our first meeting and he said, so like, what do you do? Like when you're not working and I go this and he goes, he goes, but really like, what do you do for fun? And I go this yes. <laughs> and he's like, and he finally just said, Oh, I get it. He goes, you, you really just love this. And I go, yeah, I go, it scratches every itch I have. I go, it's creative. It's kind of geeky. And I get to help people. I go, other than that, there's, there's not much more to me. And I go, so my sister-in-law always says you're a workaholic. And I said, just because I'm in my office doesn't mean I'm working. I said, I know it looks like I'm working and smells like I'm working. I said, but if I'm helping people, I said, that puts a lot of gas in my tank. So so does that, I guess, mean that if if a listener listening right now has a real niche topic, maybe they want to talk about you know, DC Comics in 1981, which is would be real niche, is... I suppose being more niche in your opinion would be better than a mile wide and an inch deep or, or what do you think about niche topics? Yeah. It always comes back to why are you starting a podcast? Like I had one guy, I helped him start a, a, a podcast about comic books. And when he, when I was working with him, he goes, I know like the one thing we need is another podcast about comic books. He goes, but here's the deal. He goes, my wife is tired of talking about comic books. My brother and sister are kind of like, we don't care about care. Batman. Yeah. And he goes, so go find some people who want to talk about this stuff. So that's why yeah. he started the podcast. So it kind of depends if the goal is, is money, then you have to think, okay, it, the more niche you get, the smaller the audience, but the more loyal the audience, but also, you know, does that audience have money? And like, we all love pop tarts, but can I make a money like doing a pot? Like, okay, let's niche down. Okay. I'm going to do a brown sugar cinnamon podcast, pop tart. 
that's you know it's niche in the people that are like oh dude i remember the first time i had my first ever brown sugar cinnamon pop tart i'm like but that's going to be hard to uh to monetize i had a client she did a show she had a, a son who's pretty high on the autism spectrum and she loved disney so she did a show called special mouse because she was an expert i mean if you asked her about any kind of disability act kind of details she had it down and it was all about how to take people with special needs to amusement parks and she didn't have huge numbers, but she had a, a, a private Facebook group and all these people were like, I thought I was the only person going through this. And so when you find your your other people and you, I mean, that's so powerful just to go, I used to feel alone and I don't anymore. That is huge. And she actually found a sponsor because there was somebody in Florida that specialized in, you guessed it, transporting people with special needs. So you know, she didn't have a huge audience, but she was able to to get a sponsor. So, yeah, it, it really depends. I think my favorite niche example is there's a guy that does a show on chameleon breeding. And I was like, wait, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, he goes, I, I build cages for chameleons. And then we talk about chameleon breeding. And I go, did you say chameleon breeding? And he goes, yep. And what was interesting is his manufacturer, the guy who was working to actually build the cages, said, can you kind of quit talking about the cages on the, the podcast because we're having a hard time keeping up? And he actually was going to do that. And I said, no, no, my friend, you get a different manufacturer or an additional one or something like that. But his audience had said that, you know, we could buy a cage from overseas and it would be cheaper but we actually want to buy it from you because you've given so much to the chameleon community. Yeah. And I thought that was just a great example of uh, what people call the law of reciprocity. So I've, I've more or less scratched your back. You feel compelled to, to scratch mine. So, or the value for value model that uh, Adam Curry talks about. So. No, I love that. I, I think there is a lot to be said about dialing down but yeah figuring out figuring that out might take a little bit of work but i know you talk about that all the time on your podcast about you're not going to get any better until you try so maybe you try a pop tart podcast for six months and just doesn't work out "Hmm, but yeah this isn't this isn't my thing yeah i just started a new podcast because i needed to test another thing and it's called new to cooking because I, I am not a cook. And so, and it's uh, already, it's half off the rails. I can't come up with a schedule that's going to work for me, but it was just one there where I was like, well, I'm going to try this and let me try this product. What if I try to sell this as an affiliate, which again is stupid because step one is grow an audience. I don't have an audience, but I'm putting things in place to test with it. And, um, and I've already kind of found out that, you know, there's a reason why I don't cook. I, I don't like to do it that much, but I'm, I'm hoping if I do more of it, you know, I will find some tips and tricks and things like that. So, you know, throw it on the wall. You never know. Exactly. Well, what's a project that you created that when you got done, you're like, wow, this looks great. I love it. I think this turned out really well. It's, this was, uh, I, I, it's weird because as much as I will say at times I am the king of typos, I at times can be super, I I think we're all hypercritical on ourselves. So, so that I don't know that I ever look back and go, Oh, that was good. You know, I, when I was in a band, I remember we were in the studio 
and I was going in to to cut some some lead guitar work and I get done the first time and the band's like that was great man I was like oh no hold on we gotta do that one again seriously 17 times and they're just like how do we make him stop and they're like that was all I'm like eh, I wasn't feeling it let's do it again and so finally after the 17th time I I, I was like yeah I kind of felt that one of my toes let's let's keep that one and they're like finally you know <laughs> so I I am a bit of a, a perfectionist it's it's uh it's um i don't know what you call it uh, my ex-wife pointed this out to me once we're at a podcast event and you know it's kind of cool when you're 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 bringing your wife around and people just come up go and just keep praising you you know they're like dave it's so great to meet you oh my gosh you know and uh and she, the one time she looked at me she goes i don't know if you know this or not and i go what she goes you are horrible at accepting compliments and i go really she goes these people come up to you and she goes you always have some she goes it's funny you'll like somebody will say like you know hey dave you're really funny and i'll always say something like well you know looks aren't everything and you know and she goes but you never she goes have you ever thought of just saying thank you you know thanks for the she goes you always have some sort of offhanded comment self-deprecating she goes you need to learn how to just say thank you so i i think that might be part of it that that uh, somehow ties in that there are just times when I, I'm just not done with it. I, I think that's the other thing. My one of my mantras when I when I got out of college, the first place I worked for, in giant letters on the wall, you walked in, there was this giant mural that said constant improvement. That was like the company's thing was like, how can we make this better? How can we be more efficient? Which is a great, I mean, that's a great mantra to have, but it also means you're never finished. So there are times, I don't know that I ever stop and go, well, and we're done with that. And so he's like, well, we could do this. We could do that. My, when I was the, the last band I was in, we were, we just got lucky. We had a whole bunch of people in and cause I've been in bands and people like, can I come see your band? And I'm like, eh, we're really not that good, but this was, we had some really talented people and, and we got along good. And that was when I was like, yeah, come on out. We were called the sugar daddies and we played blues and, and uh, swing and things like that. Yeah. Oh, the, the funny thing was, we uh, first of all, we almost got sued by the charms company because we had the sugardaddies.com because sugar daddies, it turns out, was not our website and you had to be 18 to get into it. Oh, one and, of those websites. Yeah. So we would we would be on our <laughs> stage and we'd be like, hey, you know, if you want to check out our schedule, go to the sugardaddies.com, which is not our website anymore. Probably some Chinese company took it over or whatever. But uh, yeah, so that was that was one that I was kind of like. All right. It's it was it was also a fun thing because I I learned how to grow an audience kind of from that, which was do the little things that nobody else does. But I it was also great. So we built this up and we actually got to play some really great big venues of thousands of people. And then all the stuff that we did that made us great, we quit doing. And it we just watched it crumble away. And I was like, Yeah, we don't learn new songs anymore. We're not playing little venues because oh, we're too big to play there. And I was like, Oh, that's not a good attitude. So yeah, but it's a lot of times the things that really grow an audience, you know, when I hear people go, Oh, I can't I can't compete with that big company. And I'm like, Yes, you can, because there's the little things that they can't do, like cereal. You know, the people at Serial are not answering every email because they get gazillions probably, yep. you know, so reach out to those people and, and do the little things that they can't. So I agree. You were talking earlier about the not getting it done or you wanted to do the song 17 times. I think one of your Dave isms is perfect as the enemy of done. I don't know if that's your a Dave original or is that somebody else's? Uh, it's it's uh, one I agree with because I see people all the time 
that, oh, if I could just get the right music, I'm, I'm ready to launch my podcast, but I've got to do, we're waiting on the artwork or, you know, I, I got to find the perfect font. And I'm like, mm, you know, you could always change the font later. You could, you know, you, mm, you know, and it's and because they were literally, I mean, I've met people that have been quote working on their podcast for three years and they haven't launched yet. And I'm just like, come on, you know, uh, one of my favorite lines is from Kevin Hart. He goes, you can practice your jokes all you want in the basement. He goes, you don't know you're funny till you put it, till you get on stage. And so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where on one hand, I'm always trying to be perfect, but I have, I'm much better at that than I used to be. Cause yeah. there, there are times I just, uh, resurrected again because i'm testing more stuff i resurrected an old podcast and for a while for about two weeks it had episodes that were years old and ridiculously out of date and as i'm ta- i'm like all right i'm going to delete those later and it old me would have been like no no you can't leave those up it's gonna you know it's going to damage your brand when people realize that you're talking about you know technology that's eight years old and doesn't exist anymore and i was like eh, nobody's gonna find this i'm not promoting it you know, there's, it's, it's one podcast out of a million, 200,000. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's safe that it's not going to get found. So yeah, that's, I, I've been in, I've made some improvement on that, but I, I probably still, again, there's always, there's always room for improvement. Well, I appreciate that about you. Cause that was one of the things when I got started, I'm just like, you know what? It's done enough. I think Leo Laporte said it in this week in tech. He said, when he built websites, he would say the website's done enough because you can just keep picking and picking and picking and you just have to say, you know, it's done enough. I, I'm just going to let it go. And the other thing is no matter what you're doing, whether it's podcasting or building websites or whatever, there's nothing you can do because this is a fact when you get whatever, six months, 10 months away from when you launched, you're probably going to look at something and go, yeah, that needs changed, you know, yeah. or it's not going to be, in the direction you you set off for due north and all of a sudden you're like your audience is like hey can we go a little east and a little more east and all of a sudden you look up you're like man like this is cool and i'm getting you know all this great feedback but this is not where i thought it was gonna go so i think you kind of have to learn to to roll with the punches worth a bit and and um it's it's uh and that's i think half the fun and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't i think that's the other thing is if you're going to fail i i have a thing right because i'm doing this right now i have another idea for another membership site okay and i've done some research i've talked to people and there's a part of me that goes i i really i really think this could work you know i want to give this a shot and there's a voice in my head now that goes you've been thinking about this for about two months now like let's come up with that minimal viable product throw it out there and it's either gonna get interest or it's not and it's one of those things where you read these business books and they're like if you tell somebody your business idea and they're like can i sign up now that's a good idea and if they go oh that that sounds cool that you really haven't figured out what your audience wants and so there is a part of me that's like i haven't had anybody go when can i sign up for this i need this now so there's a part of me that's like eh, maybe it's not that good an idea but on the other hand there's it's something i am passionate about I, I still think it'll fly and i'm just like all right well there's only one way you know you, you can look at the recipe all day until you cook that bad boy you don't know if it's gonna fly or not so you're exactly I, I gotta, right <laughs> yeah i gotta i gotta take my own advice so I'm, uh, a friend of mine is gonna help me with it and we've got about 10 people we're gonna do some more market research to again figure out what people need what they want because we think like this this should work you know a, a great example of this 
is uh, I have a book coming out next month and Daniel J. Lewis is a friend of mine. He does a show called the audacity to podcast and Daniel, Daniel builds really beautiful websites. And Daniel was lucky enough that he named his show the audacity, meaning the courage to podcast, but there's also a free software called audacity. So all these people came to his podcast thinking it was about this free software, which it kind of was in the beginning, but more about the courage, really. And so Daniel thought, well, this is great. I've got all these people, and now I can start market marketing my, my web design services, except as you might imagine, people that are looking for free software are not looking to spend four figures on a website. It's a case where he was like, all right, I have an audience. What are they really into? Well, they're really into podcast reviews. Apparently they obsess over them all the time. They're trying to get found in, in iTunes all the time. And so he created a tool to have reviews get sent to you. He created a course on SEO, you know, search engine optimization for podcasters. And then he recently, uh, a couple of years ago, created my, um, I think one of my miss. Oh, he created a plugin to make it easy to subscribe. And these are all based on feedback from his audience. So sometimes, you know, you, you come in and you go, look, everybody, it's apple pie. And they all go, Oh, we're allergic to apples. What else you got? And you're like, I don't know. What do you want? You got pecan pie. I can go make some and you come back and find out what they want and give it to them. Well, you kind of touched on it there about debating over different things. And in the nerd community, of course you have, debating over Marvel versus DC, who's better, oh. Captain Kirk versus Picard. And so what are the common arguments in the podcasting community? The one right now, because it is changing, is like Joe Rogan, as of I think it's September, is going to only be available in Spotify. And people are going, well, then it's not a podcast because he doesn't have an RSS feed. And technically... That's true. Uh, there are people that talk about, uh, there's a guy, Nurse Chris, uh, had a thing at Podcast Movement. This guy's like royalty to his followers. Like there's a nur uh, uh, Nurse Chris Cruise kind of thing, like huge, huge audience. And everybody loves the uh, Nurse Chris podcast. There's only one weird thing. Uh, Nurse Chris doesn't have a podcast. He has a YouTube channel. and but his But his audience thinks it's, a podcast. And that's where I, I go back to, um, I, I've been through years of, of marriage counseling. And there's a thing where if your spouse, let's say your spouse thinks you're neglecting them. And you can write up a list of all the different ways that you are not neglecting them. Uh, but if they feel neglected, guess what? That's that's a reality. That's what they feel. And, and trying to explain it to them is not going to work. And I always say, if your audience thinks YouTube is a podcast, guess what? YouTube's a podcast, you know? And so I think I get it. And I think some of that discussion comes from, I think we're worried that RSS is going to go away and it's open source. And I mean, there are people that have been, you know, in the cancel culture, there are people that have been canceled, but they still have a podcast because you can kick me out of Apple and this and that there are manual ways to still get the show. So I think people don't want to lose that option. And I understand that that's a valid fear. I just don't think it's, I, I'm like, we have a million podcasts. We have, I think, you know, four that are going to be exclusive like, let's not worry about it too much at this point. So that that's a fun little thing that people like to to nerd out over and things like that. So it's like, and it, yeah, to me, it's like, look, we're all content creators. You know, uh, if we, uh, they just, Gone with the Wind was just in the news when all this, uh, you know, Black Lives Matters came up. And if you think about it, Gone with the Wind 
And the only reason I know this is that was my mom's favorite movie. But Gone with the Wind was a movie, but it was also a VHS, probably a laser disc back if for the yes. many for these big silver things called laser yes. discs before DVDs. That's been a DVD, and I know it's on Blu-ray. So, yeah. you know, to me, it's it's a quote movie, but really it's it's content. So yeah. how it's delivered, I think, doesn't really you know, in the end, let's not argue about it and just say, is that good or not? Yes, it is. Okay, well, this, this is how I consume it. Well, for the person who's listening right now, then maybe they're on the fence about starting a podcast. What are maybe two, three things that they can do as soon as they're done listening to this and get the ball rolling on that podcast? Yeah, one thing I always tell people to do is just take your phone, pretend I mean, I have tapes of me when I was five and six with my grandma doing WHOME, uh, a radio station, and she was interviewing me. And just to get used to to talking to to nobody, in some cases, if you're going to do a solo show, and then listen back so that you can go, ugh, is that how I really sound? <laughs> yeah. Because you're not going to like the way you sound. That is science. That You can't fix that because when you hear yourself now, you hear yourself through your ears, but also through your skull. And if you don't believe me, put your fingers on your, your forehead and talk and you'll feel where it's vibrating. And that's kind of like a subwoofer. So your your voice is actually much bassier when you talk. But when you actually hear your voice through a speaker now, that skull vibrating stuff the the fun word is bone conduction yes. which i still say is a great name for like a heavy metal band <laughs> this sunday bone conduction awesome. uh, uh but that's not there so all of a sudden you sound very thin and much you just sound different like my ex-wife could not get over that she hated the sound of her voice so so get that over there and just realize so many people think well people are going to say negative things and for the most part like if you do a political show Yep, you're going to lose 50% of your audience. If you do a religious show, some people are going to argue with that. I mean, I, I have a, a person I'm going to be interviewing in the future, and she does a show about fitness and diet. And if you think about it, that's a really, I mean, the the paleo people versus the vegans yeah. versus the, you know. Keto and, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And the thing you have to keep in mind is if people don't agree with what you're saying, there's a really good chance they're not going to listen. They, they don't like yeah. go get pitchforks and, and torches to, you know, they're just like, that guy's an idiot. And they, you know, swipe left and delete. Yep. So I don't Unsubscribe. really, think that's much, yep. yeah. And uh, you know, and then just, again, the, the big questions I always say is why am I doing this? If you can't explain why, then don't um, figure out who you're talking to. Cause really starting a podcast is not hard. Starting a good podcast yes. is hard because you have to figure out who's my audience and what do I want them to do? And that could be laugh, have fun. It could be, I want them to see me as an expert. It could see, I want them to take my message to the world because we need to get this out. But we have to figure out why, why am I doing this and who am I talking to? And then what do we want them to do? And that's the tough part is the, what do we, where's the part in the middle that I can, I can say this and hold their attention while getting them to do this. And that's where you have to go, Hmm, I got to think about that a second. So that'd be a good place to start. Yeah, I agree. I think you've got some great advice and I know you've got the school of podcasting.com that people can go to if they want to find out more. Is that right? Or what else? Yeah, that's a good place to start. Yeah. School of podcasting.com. And if you want to see all things, Dave, uh, power of podcasting.com has most of my podcasts. I have some that are just 
blatantly testing me i could care less about that yeah. i don't put those on there but most of the ones that are about podcasting or at least i take a, a little more time to take it a little more serious are at powerofpodcasting.com i've got to ask does the bernie podcast still get downloads bernie the cat bernie now? the cat still gets downloads <laughs> yes that's awesome um, <laughs> it's weird yeah not a ton but uh and those here's the great thing because bernie has gone to the big litter box in the sky i'm so happy i have whatever it is seven episodes of bernie the cat because if i'm having a really bad day at work and i'm like hold on where's the one where Bernie wants to go to Disneyland because my, the, the cat, I would be, go if I left for any period of time, it could have been, you know, an hour at the grocery store, I would come home and he was very vocal about the fact that he was not happy that I had left. And I just started, I started walking in the door and just hitting record on my phone and running to the cat as he would go. Rah! And then I would just go, what's the matter, Bernie? And he went, you know, and then, did you have a party in here? It's awful messy. Rah! You know? So it was, uh, yeah. And I just had, um, I just did an episode where I talked, I asked my audience, what's your favorite episode? And uh, a guy named Darwin Dave does a show called uh, Dealing Dealing with Your Grief.com, I believe, is if I remember right. And he interviewed his mom. And, you know, fast forward a year after the interview, and she's no longer with us. So I always tell people, if, you're, if your parents are around, you will thank me in the future, go interview them. Because half the fun of that is there's this weird dynamic because you're the interviewer and they are the interviewee that you might get into subjects that you might feel weird talking to your parents about, but because it's an interview, I'm going to ask you now, mom. So like, how did you meet dad? And you know, what were your first impressions? And, and that's the other thing I said, guess we should say, you don't have to have a radio voice. You know, you don't have to sound, Hey, traffic and weather on the tens, everybody. My, one of my favorite things there's a guy named Dr. Dave and does shrink wrap radio. And Dr. Dave kind of sounds like this. Hey, welcome to shrink. Wrap. But the cool thing about it is the minute you hit play and you go, all right, today we're going to be talking about science. Like, wow, that's, that's Dr. Dave. I know that voice anywhere. So if you sound like everybody, you know, if you're unique, that's, that's a beautiful thing. So don't, don't worry about it. Todd Cock from, from uh, Geek News Central will be the first person to say, I don't have a radio voice, but uh, aloha. Welcome to new media show. He kind of talks up here. Rob Greenlee. Yes. Rob Greenlee is a guy that I love Rob. And every now and then, everything he says sounds like it's a question, but it's not a question, you yes. know, kind of thing. And it's just so, but when you hear him, you're like, that's Rob. There we go. Yes. Well, yeah. that's the good thing about podcasting is you can always go back and edit. You may, can't change your voice necessarily. Well, you can, but uh, you yeah. can always cut out the the filler words and everything else. So I, I when I podcast, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go back and clean this up a little bit. So you don't have to worry about making a mistake. That's it. It's not live radio. That's the, uh, when you talk to radio people, because there are some people that will do a podcast and they're like, I don't edit, man. I keep it real. I hit record, yeah. I hit stop, and I post it. And, and if you say that to a radio person, I'm like, wait, you have the ability to edit and you don't? And, and radio people, their brains just explode because they're live on the radio and there are times when they're like, oh, I want to edit this. It's a train wreck. And the fact that we can and people choose not to, it's like, well, that's the joys of pie. It's your show. You can do with it, you know, whatever you want. So bottom line fun. is just start. I think that's what you always say. Just start. Yeah. You don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. So there you go. You it. did it. <laughs> it's an old line from Zig Ziglar. So one of the many Dave-isms. Well, I guess, yeah, you borrowed it from Zig. Zig probably borrowed, borrowed it from, from someone Zig. else. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. cool. We'll put a pin in this one, Dave. I, I really appreciate it. You are, again, inspiration for me, the reason I started a podcast, and I know many others are can say the same thing. So thank you, Dave, for School of Podcasting and, and everything that you do. Oh, thanks, man. This was a blast. Thanks for having me. It was such an honor to sit down with Dave. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Again, like in the episode I talked about, I really got some inspiration from him. So hope you did too. Again, go to covertnerd.net for all the information on how to reach out to me. If you like this episode, didn't like this episode, if you have ideas for future episodes, let me know. I appreciate your time. And again, until next time, nerd it up. <laughs>